0: Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast that dissects full-frame Roger Rabbit one minute at a time with special guests, Andrew, Lindy, and Diet Coke.
1: Hello and welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. I am back again. I am Chris Blair. I am here, as always, with Annie McMullen. Hello. And this week, we have a special treat to people who have previously recorded a Bob Hoskins movie by minutes podcast. We've got Andrew Lindy hello, and Diet Coke. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you here.
2: Excited to be here. Love Roger yep. Rabbit.
3: This is, yeah, this is a great film. So this is a quite an honor.
2: Yeah.
1: What is your relationship with this particular movie?
3: Oh my goodness. Diet Coke, do you want to take the lead on that?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I actually uh, I'm sure some some people uh, will, will not care to hear this, but I, I, I saw it after I had already been a huge fan of the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie, and I was like, oh, another Bob Hoskins movie where he has that accent? Yeah, I'll watch that. <laughs> um, so really, it wasn't until I mean, this would have been like, this was before the podcast. I think even this was like 10 years ago, um, but yeah, I thought it was I mean it was great, I've loved it ever since. Uh,
3: I I think my big memory of Who Framed Roger Rabbit is I remember buying it as one of my first DVDs. Oh
2: wow. I was in
3: like a you know, a store that sells it had like a huge selection of DVDs and I saw it, it had like a special case and I was like, I need this. This is like my third DVD that I've ever bought in my life and I need it. <laughs>
0: That's a pretty, that's pretty cool, like, first DVD, or one of your first DVDs. I think, like, it uh,
3: gives cool, you some, man. like,
0: nice street cred. You I know? think
3: I started with, uh, I was given Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, also so, good. And then that was an early I, DVD for me. Yeah, and then I, I, at some point, very early on, had Emperor's New Groove. I, I had taken with me on vacation in a portable DVD player, and then I think shortly after that was Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
1: It was a oh. quite a little early collection. Wow. I don't want to date myself too much, but I uh, this was one of my first VHS tapes.
2: Nice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we so. both had VHS tapes as well before TV <laughs> 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 Yeah.
1: I sometimes miss the days of rewinding something before watching it.
2: Oh, it's just, it's a nice sound, you know? It gets you hyped for the film. (laughs) And
1: the the previews that you have to fast forward through, like
2: those are ingrained in my memory, some of those VHS previews.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, especially like watching a VHS tape that came out like a while back and seeing previews of movies that, like sometimes you'll see a preview for a movie where you're like, I've never heard of that movie. I guess it didn't work out too well for that one.
2: (laughs) Well, that's—I I can't remember who I was talking with this, but that's—I think—the big thing that uh, frustrates me about Blu-rays is that the trailers update. You know, uh, you love a VHS or a DVD because it's a stamp in time, uh, and that, that doesn't exist anymore. And I—I I, I, VHS has an honored memory for that for me. I had no idea that that they update. That's crazy. Yeah, they connect to the internet and they just—they're sure always showing new trailers. Crafty studio people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I always love when I watch old um, previews for movies because they were formatted so differently. Like, they were all, like, they all had a lot of voiceover where it was, like, explaining what the movie was going to be about. And it was much less, like, they would have visuals pulled from the movie, but the sound would be a voiceover instead of the actual, like, audio from the movie. So you you didn't get... um as much of the movie kind of like spoiled or previewed for you. They were also really awkward and I'm not sure as effective, but um, <laughs> but there's such a stark contrast between the way they were and the way they are now.
2: Yeah.
1: We are doing minute 25 this week. Minute 25 begins with papers flying everywhere in Maroon's office. And it ends with Roger saying capital H-A-P-P-I. We, we left off last time in the middle of Roger just having an alcoholic meltdown in, in the office.
3: It's- this is uh, one of those great, um, just like absolutely bonkers sequences that has like a, a really great finish here in this minute. And it's also, I, I love the, the way that it sets up this knowledge of what alcohol does to Roger Rabbit.
2: Yeah, perhaps it'll pay off in a later minute. That's not much to say. <laughs> will get to that one.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good way to sneak it in there too, because it seems like okay, this is just kind of like a funny moment here, and yeah. um, uh, sneakily gets that information into it.
0: Yeah, they go to they go to pretty incredible lengths here to show like how um, how much impact this has. Just the, just the sound uh, on the physical world around him. you know there's tons of stuff that breaks and um, clearly RK Maroon and uh, Eddie are really struggling to, <laughs> to handle what's going on. Uh, and after you see RK Maroon's hair is like it looks <laughs> like he like he has like a morning sexy bedhead thing happening <laughs> that he did not have previously.
2: Eddie's hat stays on though. They they don't make hats like they used to. You know, sporty hats. <laughs> so. I, I've always loved the way that um, the the
3: bottle of alcohol that Eddie is holding blows up in his hand. That's yeah. like oh. so
1: so visceral, so so cool the way that it looks. Yeah, and we've actually spent not an insignificant period of time so far talking about this crystal decanter, <laughs> but I I've never noticed before before watching now that it just gets now it's just completely destroyed. I can imagine it's
2: pretty expensive. Okay, Maroon can afford it. You know, he's head of Maroon Studio. (laughs) Yeah, well,
0: uh, the other things that break are he he they pan to like three or four different what appear to be Lalique Crystal statues, which are incredibly expensive. So his offices, there's, there's a serious amount of destruction done and
3: he R.K. Maroon is, doesn't even seem that mad about it. That's the other thing that's so weird about this scene. <laughs> His whole office blows up and he's like, okay, I guess I better pay you and move on
2: i mean when you're the head of a st- of a studio that works mostly with tunes you're i'm sure you're used to zany things happening in your office
0: <laughs> it feels like you shouldn't have lily crystal statues in your office yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially when you're gonna give a tune a drink like he had to have been aware of what's gonna happen
2: i don't now, know is it i because the, is this just a roger thing because i don't think all tunes react that way
1: Hmm.
3: I, I always took it as just a Roger thing.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. So if you're giving like Yosemite Sam a drink in, inside this room, he's going to be able to handle his liquor. Well,
2: uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. But you got to make sure you lay down uh, Kevlar on the carpet. or else. I was going
0: to say, maybe Yosemite Sam personally can handle it, but I'm not sure his pistols can. <laughs>
1: Roger enjoys this this drink. At least he, um, after all this, he says thanks. It seemed to have uh, done at least a little bit for his mental state.
2: Yeah. Well, it gave him his, his confidence to, to get control of the scenario again. I guess. Yeah, at least
1: for a few seconds. Yeah. Eddie is still running with this whole carrot analogy in uh, in this. Eddie loves Eddie loves a
2: a tune pun. <sighs> he does. <laughs> that is like most of his his uh, prejudice against tunes in the you know the early half of the movie is expressed via pun. <laughs> he definitely like he the the
0: glass of liquor breaks the decanter breaks and he's like all right. I have no more reason to be here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if a room doesn't have booze in it, Eddie's, Eddie's not. <laughs> it doesn't have Eddie in it. For a while. Well, all, it yeah, and it's, it's and it's
3: all over him, so he's gonna have to go home and and wash his suit. Like he,
1: <laughs> oh well, that part is not going to happen. I feel Eddie's suit <laughs> to, to, has seen lots of alcohol and has not gotten washed.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, the the cops. I mean, this is again something that will happen in a future minute. But the cops do tell me smells like booze, so whether it's coming out of his pores or just off his suit, you definitely get the vibe that this is a kind of a smelly guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling there is not one part of Eddie that does not smell like booze. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, He's kind of nice to Roger in this moment.
2: I think that's something that I like about Eddie Valley is, is he, you can always tell that somewhere he has a heart. He just, uh you know, I mean, th- that's the movie is him getting over his problem with tunes, but. Somewhere deep down, he kind of recognizes that they're people with emotions too. You know, yeah. It it, it takes the stakes very seriously. I guess is what I'm saying. And Eddie reacting that way is part of it. I
3: I also wonder if this is kind of the speech that Eddie gives to every guy when he shows them the pictures of their wife cheating.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I totally agree with you. I think like this is you know since he's sort of a like. Washed up detective at this point, he probably does a decent amount of just like adultery jobs.
2: He does. He does have a line. uh, uh Sorry that I can't stop talking about things outside this minute. But there's <laughs> a line where it, it uh, uh when he's like passed out in his office and uh, the cop comes in, he, he he acts as if it's a new love for Eddie, which I does kind of make me wonder if he has done a lot of cases like this before, like. I forget his line, but he's like, so it's a couple dirty pictures. What's what? Um, well, it did not seem and,
3: like it and was. To, to draw from, I know this, it's when he gets the camera, he's borrowing it from Dolores. Mm-hmm. And it seems that it hasn't been used in a while. So if this is his go-to camera, you know, he hasn't done a dirty picture job, at least in a, since the, that beach trip.
2: True. Well, the I mean, the, the, the he didn't do a dirty picture drop on the beach trip. He was, he was taking <laughs> a picture of his beach trip <laughs> before the beach trip, I mean. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, we don't see every single photo. I mean, he could That's... have been like it on the side.
2: Could have had a little Catalina adventure.
1: I think yeah. I always thought that he had like pawned his cam-
0: because every PI mm. has to have a yeah. has to have a camera. I think I always mm. thought he pawned it for rent or booze money or whatever. That, that makes, makes sense to
1: me. Yeah, it kind of seemed like he hadn't done any job in quite a while before this. He calls Roger handsome, um, which I think seems to be the the common opinion of Roger. Uh, and
2: yeah,
1: he, <laughs> and uh, but makes a mistake of calling Jessica a dame, which uh, does not play well with Roger at all.
0: Roger is very angry. Roger showing a self of a side of himself that makes me uncomfortable as Roger is supposedly like our designated nice guy here. He's giving like a basement dwelling air quotes. Nice guy. Vibes at this very
3: <laughs> <long>. <laughs> he's very it's it's almost like he knows he's playing into the murder suspect angle <laughs> yes <Yeah, laughs>
2: like he, he
3: says you'll see like <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean everything Roger does is for the bit, you know, so I think it kind of makes sense that he would play that up here
1: yeah, he really does, and the fact that he puts his hands on a human right here does not help his case,
2: yeah. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching that, that specific moment just kind of on a loop right now on, on my computer. And it's, I mean, I'm sure you talk about this a lot, how it's wild how good this movie still looks and how, like, the way that they merge the cartoon with the, with the live-action stuff, so much better than so many other movies. And, like, I'm just, like, looking at it, trying to figure out, like, how Bob Hoskins is doing the fall in such a way that it looks like someone is tackling him. And it's, yeah. it's a really impressive shot.
1: And just struggling against Roger too. Yeah. Bob Hoskins is just 100% selling this this uh, getting basically manhandled by a by a tune. Um, we
0: sure we have true. talked about this before, but the thing that I just like keep coming back to is like he was a mime. And I don't know how you do this if you weren't a mime previously. Yeah. I don't know how they ever considered anybody without miming experience. Miming is necessary for this movie. Yeah,
2: this movie is a huge, uh, you know, a huge boon for for mime rights. Frankly, I know a lot of people <laughs> seem to hate or fear mimes, and I think this is uh, this movie is a living proof that mimes are great. <laughs> There was like an
3: anti-mime movement uh, of like the 80s and 90s or something. Yeah, we
2: really, we grew up in a, in a, in a bad time for mimes, but... Uh...
0: Mimes are, I feel like they're unfairly maligned. Like what did a mime ever do to you other than be like a little bit less entertaining than maybe it should
2: be? <laughs> <laughs> i think mimes are very entertaining i'm i'm i want to get that on record i'm extremely pro <laughs> mime.
3: throw
1: the rope and they pull like
2: that's oh, always such a good mime <laughs> that's such a good trick
1: there's just might be a lot of people whose brothers have been killed by a mime so they're uh, just
2: sure yeah
1: <laughs> unfair prejudice
2: yeah they they uh, their their brother got tricked into running full speed off a cliff because they believed that there was a yeah. wall there because the mime tricked
0: them well they got trapped
3: in the mime box and they couldn't get out and yeah. they ran out of air it was it was so tragic
0: <laughs> suffocated by an invisible box you yeah. yeah. had to bring
3: in the the special mime squad to open the box <laughs> Just oh, a
2: lot of, it's hard to mimes. call them
3: because they don't you know you get them on the phone and there's nothing <laughs> <That's->
1: <laughs> so many people hanging in midair because of <laughs> because of Mimes. yeah we have roger talking all about how uh he's going to be happy and ends with him uh misspelling happy which i feel has got to be a tune bit too i feel roger oh. can't spell happy correctly because that would not be funny
2: no, yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that my sister, if we ask her anything about numbers, she just says, like, no numbers, just vibes. Like, what kind of vibes are we talking about? And cool. that's how I think tunes read. <laughs> you know, they interact with language,
2: <laughs> letters. Just- I think it's yeah. also just, yeah, vibes. you just you get in a certain mindset. Like, you know, I've, in, 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 in these unprecedented times, I've been uh, alone with my girlfriend in our apartment for two years at this point. And I'm just constantly doing bits with her because that's who I am. And uh, at a certain point, we realize we're just not saying real words anymore. And it's not even like we think we're doing a bit when we do that. It's just like it, it comes naturally. It's a reflex at a certain point. And uh, I think that's, that's maybe just what happens with Roger as well.
1: Like, I'd love to see Roger spell more words and see how he can comically misspell every word. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other thoughts about this particular minute?
3: Uh, I had noticed that behind RK Maroon, so there's a lot of awards. We see some of them get blown up when Roger is uh, doing his tea kettle routine. But there's an award that is behind RK Maroon that seems to be like a golden dumbo.
0: Yeah, I saw that too. It's it's pretty cool looking.
3: Yeah. I know at this point, I mean, Dumbo, he showed up earlier in the film and uh, RK Maroon remarks, you know, he works for Peanuts. Uh, but I was, I, I was wondering, did, was that custom made? Was that, <laughs> is that an award or is that him saying, you know, I've got Dumbo, so I made a golden Dumbo? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Knowing RK Maroon, I think it's the latter. That seems like something <laughs> you do.
0: I think he just bought it with all the money he saved from paying Dumbo and Peanuts. <laughs>
2: That's that's a real insult to Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbo's it's, making money for some other guy to get a gold statue of him. <laughs> it's our Cameroon. That's on brand.
3: <laughs> There's another uh when when Roger is ranting before he he flies up at the end of this minute, he says um something like we'll rise above this picadillo. Mm-hmm. And I I absolutely love that <laughs> because <laughs> it's so it's you know, we're already in like it's supposed to be sometime in the '40s, but he's he is speaking like even older. Like, who says who even at that time said piccadillo <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is that an
2: expression?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Isn't picadillo a a
2: sauce? <laughs> oh I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: it's like a a Mexican or Cuban
2: sauce. I didn't oh, even it's look- a dish i'm seeing now yeah i didn't oh. even look it up but
3: yeah i i now that even makes more sense that he's just saying the wrong word like it's just <laughs> it's just such a funny weird thing for him to say and it's it's all part of his you know tune doing a bit even though he's angry
2: yeah peccadillo is the word that's not the that's not the dish sorry okay <laughs> oh peccadillo what's uh, a that peccadillo? makes way
0: more sense a peccadillo is a slight offense uh, oh. See, Wister. that's this is where I would edit myself out for being dumb
2: if I <laughs> if I was editing. <laughs> I don't think you're dumb. I think you brought up a good point. He does more say picadillo. <laughs> Although I wonder if the dish is picadillo. I don't know. It, it
0: is. It's definitely picadillo.
2: <laughs> 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 it's served with a tortilla. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for joining us for this minute. Uh, We'd love to have you both here for the next minute. Of course. We'll be back. (laughs) All right. Great. Can't wait. Uh, So thank you everybody for listening. This has been Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. We are a Dueling Genre podcast. You can go on DuelingGenre.com and check out a whole bunch of their podcasts and go to the Patreon page through the support link. And we will see you on Wednesday for Minute 26 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit.